We got a thing called SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe is on our website. You just go to crimeandmusic.com, scroll down to the SpeakPipe, and just using your own phone's microphone or your laptop or your tablet or whatever, you can leave us a voicemail message, and it comes right to our email. Yeah, use your things to do some stuff. And if you like that, well, and it's a cool message and something fun or quirky or just, you know, just anybody, we'll, we'll put you on the next episode. Yeah, make us laugh. So, thanks, guys. All right, coming to the stage this week. Ben doesn't know who it is. I don't know who it is. Since you guys clicked on the link you, you, or the episode, you know who it is. But he has. I no don't idea. know who it is. Here, are you ready? I want. I want hints. You want and hints? for any of our audience listening along that maybe was driving along, they didn't really. They just played the next episode. I'm trying. For they might not know who it is either. So we're gonna play a game. It's true. We'll play it together. All right. How many? <coughs> how many? How many hints do you want to give me? I'm gonna give you three strikes. I'm a classic American baseballer. Three strikes and you're out. Oh yeah. Okay. Hint number one. Hint number one. Um, it's a giant. Okay, we've narrowed it down to fifty percent of the population. I'm not trying. Rock. To, I can't get into that. A dude. You got a dude. A gentleman. A gentleman. Was that the second one? Nah, it's a tip on the guy. It's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. All right. Now I feel like it, it might not be like modern time dude. All right. Go ahead. Number two. Number two. I'm ready. Um, was it Woodstock? Was at Woodstock. Okay, that's a good tip. That's a good one. I mean, I know a lot of the different musicians that <laughs> were, were at Woodstock. Right, right, right. I love this. I love this time period, too, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, good. Also, uh, this I'm, gonna be I'm fun. excited. I, I like All right. this. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wood, wood, it was at Woodstock. Woodstock. I get one more guess. Yep. One more tip, and then I get to make render a guess. Yep. All right. Go ahead. Astronomy. Gentlemen, 
be the gentleman. Was it Woodstock? Is he English? He is. Going on. Uh, ready? Do you just want me to tell you? Or no, you want me to tell you? Want me to I'm gonna gamble on this one. This is this is like going it's red or black on the uh, on the roulette wheel. He's a drummer. He's a drummer. He is English. We that was a free that was a freebie. That was a freebie. Oh man. Um. Ron Wood. No. Uh, was Ron Wood a drummer? I don't know. That's why I said no. Who's the drummer for the Who? His name is Keith Moon. Keith Moon. That's I met Keith Moon. Damn it. I met Keith Moon. You were so close. I meant to say Keith Moon. That's what was in my head. You were out, sir. That's Keith four Moon. strikes, three strikes, foul tip, foul tip, and, oh, uh, I and a swing and a miss. Moon. A big whiff on me. I'm excited for Keith Moon. There's a thing in our thing. We know stuff about Keith Moon here in Flint, Michigan, don't we? We do. We do. We'll get there. All right. Keith Moon. <laughs> <laughs> August 23rd, 1946, Keith John Moon was born at Central Middlesex Hospital in northwestern London. I'm still surprised that some of our people we inter- we do things about, their last names. Moon? Moon! That doesn't seem like a real last name to me. It's a real last That's name. That's his last name. That's his last I name. I mean, Bieber didn't sound like a last name. Our last episode. Yeah, Bobby A. No, yeah, he's not. Bieber. Bieber. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm surprised sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is. I like it. I like no. that. I like that you're surprised. Yeah, Keith Moon. Ben is bending over to pick up a beer. I'm serving up. And hey, by the way, we got some surprises coming up in this episode. Brian told me. I don't. He he's got some like underhanded things he's gonna do. I, it's it's a it's a fun performance as always, my friend. I got things. I got you. No, I got stuff. I got Dude, tricks. Seriously. You're ready for Keith Moon? No, I got stuff for right. Keith Moon. I had to tell our preview editor, I spoke to him on the phone last night, to not tell you. And he was like, don't even tell me then because I don't no. want it. And so I didn't want to ruin it for either of you. No. And so I, I got, didn't. Unbelievably, I got stuff for Keith Moon. Bieber was a uh, mega episode, mega episode 10. But uh, Keith Moon's got a fat stack of cards himself. So uh, <laughs> Keith Moon, Keith John Moon. Um would we say August 23rd 1946 born to parents Alfred Charles Elf and Kathleen Winifred Kit Elf and Kit Moon uh, oh so he was born like in middle, at the right at the beginning of the baby boomer did He's they have baby boomers over in the uh, in the in the Britons I don't I guess know. so I mean for the same reason we did everybody came back from war we do have a couple of English listeners and please bang. let us know if, they, if you guys are called the baby boomers I don't know if that's a global term or just the the U S I feel like the nature of the history was was just as we were like hey everybody comes back from war a little bit and what's let's the first thing you want to do get it on well you want to have a nice steak first and then you want to get it on let's and then the third on. thing is nap time so um, let me tell you a little bit about uh, about Keith grew up in Wembley in he grew up in Wembley no well I'm sure he did. We'll get there. Uh, Keith <laughs> grew up in Wembley, an area of northwest London, England, part of the London Borough of Brent. And a very big area for music. Well, originally it was just a village on a hill by a clearing with they the built Harrow the Road they south b- of it. They built a, a stadium, didn't they? Uh, Wembley? Yeah. We'll get, we'll get, give it a second here, All buddy. Right, I know you're excited. I'm a little excited. Up. So uh, in uh, 1547, there's only six houses in Wembley. They're small, but they're real wealthy. And uh, they've got Wembley Stadium. They've got the London Eye. 
and it's an important center of like South Asian jewelry and gold shops. Of, of course it is. Attracting people, attracting people from as far as Lanchester, which is like 100 miles away. The London Eye is that big Ferris wheel. Oh, that's in Wembley? Yeah. Oh. So you know where I'm going. I thought that was in London. No, 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 no. It's in Wembley. I know. Which is part of northwest London. Is it like a borough, do you think? Eh, kind of, you know, like a Manhattan. Notable residents of Wembley, John Lingwood. He's the drummer for Manford Man's Earth Band. Oh, he's a drummer. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Watts, drummer for the Rolling Stones. Really? Yeah. And uh, Maxine Nightingale, she's a singer, like a soul record I'm in the I'm sure 70s. she drummed a little bit in her day, Trying though. Drum. Yeah. So his dad, Alf, was a maintenance mechanic, and his mom, Kit, was a cleaner. She cleaned. Cleaner. My mom. Uh, September 1951, he goes to, he studies at local primary school, Barham. Barham. That's foreshadowing. Is that like Rumham in the... Uh, Maybe either way, bars and rum is not what Keith needs. Keith was a hyperactive kid. We would call it ADHD, but uh, back then they were just like, he's hyperactive. He's a boy. He was super imaginative. Um, he what he did watch. He did what he did. He, he watched a little radio show. Uh, well, I guess radio show. He listened to a radio show. I get confused because it's like he's super imaginative, but his favorite thing to do was like listen to a radio show. Well, that's like imagination. <laughs> I I suppose. Yeah. Um, he listened to a thing. He loved it. It was called the Goon Show. The Goon Show. The Goon Show is a British radio comedy broadcast by the BBC Home Service from 1951 to 1960. And they had like crazy stories and catchphrases and puns and stuff and weird sound effects. Like Saturday Night Live of British radio in the 50s, you know? Like what kind of sound effects, Brian? We'll get there. Did they have any like drum sound effects? They probably did. Like what kind of drum sound effects? Bass drum? I don't know. What's your favorite drum to hit? As a drummer, Brian, I mean, when you got, if you only got one thing to hit, what would you hit, Brian? Uh, I don't know. The snare drum? All right. That's a good answer. Well, what is your answer? What would you uh, hit? I, I, I'll, I'll think about it. All right. Ask me in a little bit. I'll ask you in a little bit. They did. They had bizarre sound effects. Um, they did funny stuff. It's like they in, these are the people who influenced Monty Python. Right, and this is a drummer episode, so we're going to keep it focused on All drums. drums. Okay. All drum episodes. It's the goon show. They had a couple running gags. These ones thought I thought were funny. Um, they had a the, – are you familiar with the rhubarb gag? Do you understand that? Mm-mm. Rhubarb, back in the old days of radio and stuff, like in the 20s and 30s, they would create the crowd effects in the background yeah. by having large groups of people repeat rhubarb. So it's like like thirty like thirty so forty like people. Murmur, right? And it sounds like a bunch of people well, on the Goon Show. They had three people doing it, <laughs> and they would <laughs> so over- you can clearly hear yeah, the rhubarb. They would over enunciate the word yeah. rhubarb too. Rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. And so, and then they had this other bit called "Trapped in a Piano," where a guy would end up trapped in a piano, and, and everyone's like, "I'm trapped in a piano." He's like, "Trapped in a piano." He's trapped in a piano. So, See, uh, this is English humor. Right. I appreciate English humor big time. This so. is Keith Moon's favorite show. Here, I actually have a clip of the Goon Show you can listen to here. Oh. Check, check this out. Have a thing. Why are the men mutinying? Indeed, sir. There is a nasty rumor that the cartridges for their rifles are being greased with banana skins. <laughs> well, sir, the natives look upon the banana as a sacred animal. What? what Rattle you? me crowd is there. That's a lot of superstitious. Just time for a... That's a lot of superstitious nonsense. The bananas are non-sacred animal. 
Nevertheless, sir, the native troops are in flame. Well, we all are. It's a doby hit, you know. It's nothing. <laughs> Don't drink castor oil. Are you mad, Major? What? The natives regard castor oil as a sacred animal. Oh. I'm only a simple Englishman, and, and I know that. You're simpler than I thought. And so saying, he pointed to a map of Delhi where Major Bradnock was preparing to do battle. There you go. That's so the that's, goon show. That's the goon show in, like, the 1960s? Uh, 19... 19- 50s, man, 1951, 1951 no. to 1960. Okay. And right. so now I was, I was able to play that clip because it's old enough where Out of copyright. copyright and public domain comes in. So. I, I don't like that. I want more clips. I really like that. I like that part of that. I know. This show. I know. Now we can do that. Now. I know. I want, so I want to have like interactive things for our, our listeners. I want to hear things. I want to say things. I want to play some music. Oh, yeah. We need everybody to go to Patreon and give us millions of dollars. Millions. millions. Some of the best dollars, really. And so we can. So we can. Well, we can, like, do these things. Buy a little bit of music and then put it on here. Yeah, it's true. Like, to really give the whole entire sense of what we're talking about with Keith Moon. I feel like he's a multimedia genius. He was good. He was a good guy. Uh, 1958, age 12, Keith joins the Sea Cadet Corps Band. It's kind of similar to like kind of like the scouts or like a peace cadet sort of thing. Or, you know, they had the similar value and ethos to the Royal Navy. That was what they were sort of. Probably had a uniform. Right. And he was in the band. He was. He played the bugle, which, if you don't know, it's a trumpet without the buttons or valves. It's just like a bugle. Yeah. (laughs) The tube bent around. Yeah. So Keith attended Alperton Secondary Modern School. Yeah. And he failed his 11 plus exams which stopped him from attending grammar school. So if you're from England, please explain that to me because I looked. It's basically like he made it through high school but wasn't smart enough to go to college. No, well, I no, think it's middle school. I was going to yeah. say it's got to be middle school. I got my grade 8, eh? Cor- correct. Now, Trails this is a quote from this is a quote from his art teacher in a report she wrote retarded artistically, idiotic in other respects. That is so <laughs> so beautiful. Please repeat. This art teacher said in a report, retarded artistically, idiotic in other respects. That's high praise in my world. Well, his music teacher wrote, he has great ability, but must guard against the tendency to show off. Yeah, I think I had that written on the back <laughs> of my report card once or twice. It's the ADHD kids, man. We all would have got it, dude. Everyone. Every single one of us would have been labeled ADD or ADHD. You know the you one know I had? It. I had the most. Has is this a this this is the worst too because it's like it's so shaming it's not even saying this kid's just a jackass idiot no hope no has potential has oh, great potential I had so much potential every one of my teachers were like shows potential well look at you now I still fucking <laughs> have potential <laughs> me too <laughs> no haven't spent that potential still got it still banking on that baby that's retirement potential right there uh, um one day we'll realize my potential. Some someday. Yeah. So, it ain't uh, today. Well, much much like yourself, Keith thought the bugle was too hard, <laughs> so he took exactly. up the drums instead. So on his way home from school, he'd stop at McCary's music studio and practice the drums there, because you know drums are a kind of an investment. That's a big thing. Drums are so. drums are fun. Yeah. So They're yours your favorite one was a snare. I guess so, yeah, like snare drum. I mean, if I only got one, I would play the snare, dr- snare drum. Why? That's a good answer. Oh, God. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> That's a good answer. What would you play, Ben? Not wrong. Keep it's it wrong. More cowbell. You and your fucking fancy sound effects. 
cowbell that is taken from my drum set. Somebody had to go pee and notice the cowbell in the corner not being used, which is the 11th commandment. Thou shall not not play a cowbell. We're not actually blowing the limits either. That's not bad. I learned this in one day. So Don't fear the reaper. I knew. I think everyone. Blue oyster cults. Yeah, boc. That's not. Hey, did you detach that? I didn't take the whole fucking drum set in here, dude. Oh God. I think with the wing nut, Ryan. Even you with your limited potential can figure out the wing nut part. All right, wing nut. Hey, I don't think this cowbell's standard size. It is standard size. I don't think it is. It's a drum set cowbell. (laughs) It probably is a little smaller. It's like a three quarter. Can we get the whole drum set in here, Phil? No, we can just take the mics over there. No, this how about hooked to a can laptop. I just get that? The what are you going to do with that? Hit it with the stick. During the episode? Probably. Why? Because they need to hear this. <laughs> they do not. We'll let the people decide. Well, leave those right there. Oh, that's intimidating. Okay, are you good with that? Just in case we need. It might come back again. Or cowbell. This All right, the Keith ru- Moon. The rules to the drinking game. No, I did. I grabbed this cowbell. I did not know we were doing a drummer today. Oh, yeah. And so I grabbed the cowbell. I was just like, I'm going to annoy everybody with this later. <laughs> and then you said, and then it was Keith Moon. I was very excited. I like yeah, I like that you have forethought I, in the episodes. Do you know how hard it was for me to go this far without playing a cowbell in this episode? <laughs> Pretty good. I mean, we're a solid I, 15 into I this. Wanna, I want to come in. <laughs> Hi, my friend, Ben Ruffle. <laughs> I just, that's how I want to do it now. No, we're going to hide and lock that room next time. All right, cowbell, go ahead. No, uh, no cowbell's fine. Keith had uh, Keith had hobbies like that, cowbells and drums. He also he liked practical jokes, and he is a big fan of the home science kit, and especially, especially, God, S. Especially explosions, especially explosions, especially explosions, especially explosions. Um, he leaves school early, around Easter, 1961. Keith is 14. He enrolls at Harrow Technical College. It led to a job as a radio repairman, and now he's got some money coming in, so Keith buys himself a drum set. I heard it said also that his mom bought him his first drum set, so whichever way you believe, mm. Keith got a drum set, and he's 16. And Harrow? 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 Harrow. I wonder, hey, you're, Harrow you're, are you Technical a fan College. Of that, that show The Office? I'm familiar I think with we it. Talked I, don't, about I don't this watch already. it, but I, I don't know. No, they had the English version. Were they, oh, were Ricky they Gervais. Ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they in Harrow? Was that the town that? Heathrow. They were not in Heathrow, though. I, there's an airport in Heathrow. Yeah. That's all I know. No, I think they're in Harrow <laughs> on Slough Street. All right. I believe Harrow. Well, it comes back to Harrow because it talks about the road. And Well, I talked about the road and the Asian jewelry and gold stuff. That's yeah, Harrow. there were six people or six houses. They were small, but. Oh, that was in 1547. Now, now they're doing that. Oh, 15. Okay. Yeah, 1540. That was a long time ago. Now it's huge. It's part of London. Back. It's part of London. So, 1962. Age 16, Keith joins the Escorts. It's a band. Replacing his best friend, Jerry Evans, on the drums. That doesn't sound like a band. Well, no. Did Jer- well, maybe Jerry had to go get like a job working. What do they do in England? Umbrellas. Maybe he had to get that job working umbrellas. So December uh, 1962, Keith joins a band called the Beachcombers. The it's, beach? a, it's a semi-pro London cover band. And... Keith starts working in like antics, antics into the show, like shooting the singer with like a starter pistol and like dicking around and stuff. 
Uh, Keith was a big fan of uh, beach music. He loved beach music, like the Beach Boys and Surf Guitar and stuff like that. He was a hu- he would have left them in a heartbeat to join the so Beach Boys. So, well, like, lively, you know, fun, sort of not yeah. dark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. upbeat, sort of good time. Good yeah, time. Fun, we're fun guy. Hey. We're going to play some instruments and have some fun. Yeah. Like Uncle Jesse and Joey Gladstone together in one guy. Cut it out. So that's that's Keithy 16. Uh, the Beachcombers all had day jobs. And so I saw a bumper sticker a long time ago when I was like, quote unquote, a working musician, which to me just meant I could play at bars on the weekends and make enough money to have beer on the weekends. <laughs> so, But yeah, uh, the bumper sticker said real musicians have day jobs. And I'm like, that's a complete and utter lie. You're compl- if you're a good enough musician, you don't have to have a day job. You have a night job and you're good. You don't need to work. But Keith worked. He was a sales guy for a British gypsum. That's the world's largest manufacturer of plasterboard. Wow. They sold plasterboard. We call it drywall here. Right. Right. Do we? Yeah, it's the same concept. The world's largest? World's largest. Ooh. British gypsum. So uh, he's 16, too. Well, what's he doing? He's selling it? Yeah, he's a salesman. Hey, would you like some plasterboard? No. All right. You want, like you want some plasterboard? Uh, April 1964, 17-year-old Keith auditions for The Who. The what? We'll get there. <laughs> to replace Doug Sandum. Now, Doug was the original drummer for The Who, and he was a bricklayer. And most of the band members at that point in time, like Keith, were in their late teens. And uh, what Doug was it, what was the guy well, the, the the drummer's name? Doug Doug Sandum. Doug was in his 30s. Do you think he's hanging out with John Rutsey right now? Oh, do you think? John Rutsey is. To any of our listeners that can tell us who John Rutsey is. Crime and music. <laughs> I think John Rutsey passed away here recently. Three years. Yeah. May, I'm sad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Maybe he did. So Keith comes in to replace Doug, who was in his 30s, and his wife didn't like him hanging around a bunch of teenage kids. And so uh, Keith auditioned. Keith was at a show shortly after Doug left. They were using a session drummer, just like a hired gun to come in and, and play. And Keith walks in there, and he's dressed completely from head to toe in what they call ginger clothes, like red, I guess. And he dyed his hair ginger. And Pete Townsend, the guitar player, called him a ginger vision and said, uh, Keith's like, dude, I can play better than that guy. And so. Could he? Well, they said, go ahead. And Keith played the second half. And Keith said, quote, about the whole thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you exactly what was written in the source I have. So this is an English accent, but it's in writing, so it's not. And this is fault. this is a quote from who? Keith Moon. Keith Moon. Was he playing cowball at the time? Yeah, probably. I mean, we'll get to his drumming. <laughs> quote: They said, "Go ahead," and I got behind the other guy's drum, and several drinks to get me courage up. And when I got on stage, I went Aah! on the drums, broke off the bass drum pedal, two skins, and got off. Off? It literally said off, O-F, off. Well, I'm like, he, 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 he was done. He didn't went up, Just went ape shit on the <laughs> drum and left. Uh, it continues, quote, I figured it was it. I was scared to death. After, I was sitting at the bar, and Pete came over. He said, you, come here. I said, mild as you please. Yes, yes. Roger, Roger Belcher, singer. What are you doing Monday? Nothing. There's a gig Monday. If you want it, come. We'll pick you up in a van. And that was it. 
There it is. So Keith would say, I never was formally invited to join the Who permanently. And when Ringo Starr, drummer of the Beatles, asked how he joined, Keith said, just been filling in for the last 15 years. I like your your impression, Brian. Thank you. I'm trying. Did you practice that? No. It's just all natural. Oh, that's pretty good. Thank you, man. I like that. All right. <clears throat> Keith Moon in the Who, which consists of John Ettenwhistle, who plays the bass. Uh, Peter Townsend plays the guitar and does some vocals, and Roger Daltrey, the lead singer. They are considered one of the most influential rock bands of all time, selling over 100 million records worldwide. I mean, to respect the who here, I don't think you actually had to say that. Well, I mean, I mean, no matter where you're from. You know who the who is? You know who the effing who is. All right. Right? We're going to try and do this. We're going to try and do this real quick here and see if we can make this happen. What do we got? <coughs> I'm going to try and see this had to have been a conversation that at one point took place between two people watching The Who. What? <coughs> <laughs> Can you tell me the name of the group on stage, please? I feel like this is... <laughs> who? Yeah, the, the name of the group on stage. Who? There's a bunch of guys up there playing instruments. I just want to know the name of them. Who? Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. I need to know the name of the group on stage, please. Who? I'm going to try this a different way. Do you know the name of the group on stage? Yes. Okay, so if I were to ask you the name of the group on stage, you'd be able to tell me? Absolutely. Okay, so if I were to say the band's name, you would be able to tell me correctly what, what their name is. Yes I, I got, I know, yes, I know them. Okay, I think I got this now. Is the name of the band Yes? No, Brian. Yes, isn't here today. <sighs> I'm getting I'm getting confused by this. Okay. No. Do you see the group on stage? Yeah. The name of the band. Do you know what it is? Absolutely. Okay. The band on stage. Not. No, I don't see the band. That's a different group entirely. <laughs> okay. <sighs> I'm having a hard time with this, so I'm just gonna let it go. Thank you, Aunt Slappy. And scene. <laughs> that was a skit. We did a skit. <laughs> we did a skit, a little skit. Brian, nice job. That Brian, was a, nice a little job. skit wrote yeah, now. Nice we, we did it together. Great it was job. a skit. So that's the who. He pointed at things you know, like I was a horse and I was supposed to stomp my feet. Stomp like your feet three times <laughs> and pull you with the fish wire, Mr. Ed. <laughs> Say the words. It was like a three-time word, wasn't it? I feel like I'm Phil Spector. Play the drums. <laughs> uh, it's the who. They have songs like I Can't Explain, My Generation, the rock opera Tommy, the pinball wizard. Won't get fooled again. Quadrophenia. Don't. Who are you? The who. That's well. This is the who. No. What was it when there? There's the the. The the. <laughs> the Wasn't the. there? I didn't want to bring that who? in. They're, they they are the who. What about? No, they're just the who. Correct. The who. They're it not just who. That's Dr. Seuss's who. No, there was another band called like the who. They were just W H O. Then there was another one that's T H E space W H O, wasn't there? No, you are misinformed. And his bright line phone comes up. Uh, the Who, uh, if you if you really are kind of new on your seventies and sixties rock, the Who are the people who sing the N C I S theme. <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Who 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 who? Now, I didn't know this. You're not paying attention. No, so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna totally off the show right now. I'm just going to keep going on. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going on. Uh, but the Who actually gave us a couple cool things. They gave us the windmill strum, a guitar. Maybe thinking of the band wrong. 
You got the windmill strum on the guitar. Yeah, um, that was a, yeah, that was impressive. They gave us the power chord. That's really? something that the Who invented. Yep. So if you know the power chord, thank the Who. Um, wearing a flag as clothes. They also gave us wearing a flag as clothes. Yeah, nobody did that before the Who. But in the music industry. Well, just in general. I mean, people time. probably fucking wore the flag somewhere. No, no. A flag. No, just the Who. The Who, dude. I don't know. I think I saw a, a picture of Abraham Lincoln once wearing the flag while he was riding his Conestoga Rex Batmobile in Washington. That's the one with the machine guns and the lasers. Yeah. Uh, they also invented the auto-destructive art movement. So I don't know if you know Erot- about that. Erotic destruct what? No, auto-destructive. Like auto-erotic. Auto, sure. No, what was that? It's what is auto-destructive? It's, it's auto-destructive. Art. It's like where you know that they're going to just smash everything. Like there's oh, art smashy, smashy. and then you destroy the art. Like so. Now, to be topical, are you familiar with who Banksy is? No. Who? Banksy. He's like an artist. He makes a lot no. of weird street graffiti and does like very large <laughs> fun things. Um, <laughs> man, I don't even know how to do it. He like had ducks. He like randomly paint ducks on things and stencils and stuff. Yeah, anyway. Is he the one that like would hide stuff around the city and Correct. people wouldn't know who it was? Right. Right. That's it's like that's all the same thing. Right. Yeah. Actually, wow. We'll get there because he used to be the real Banksy. He used to be a singer in a band. Oh, the we band? can do Banksy! Who? So, anyway, Banksy had this piece of art. It's called The Girl with the Balloon. And uh, he had it up at auction at Sotheby's. Like, I don't know if he had it up. He's just very, recently. He's very anonymous. The Correct. red thing. Right. Did you see what happened? <laughs> it sold for, like, $4.2 million. And as soon as the gavel went down to, like, end the sale, it sh- had a shredder built into the frame. And it went. No. <laughs> I saw the article. I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't yep. care enough to, like, get into it. Right. Well, I just remembered Banksy was revealed to be some, like, mod punk singer or something like that. Some ba- we'll get there. We so will. The we'll people get the that Banksy. bought that thing didn't know it was going to happen? Oh, no. Yeah, they said there must have been a Banksy employee with a remote at the auction, and as soon as it sold, they were supposed to, like, hit the button, and then it only shredded, like, three-quarters of it. There's still, like, a strip at the top and all the things hanging out of the bottom of it. Look it up when you get done here. It's great. Huh. So. That's great. I like that stuff. Right. Oh, oh, and um, let me think here. They also gave us uh, feedback, too. So using feedback in songs, the Who gave us that. I wish you would have ate it. I just stop playing. <laughs> Don't hit that button anymore, Brian. I thought you liked all of them. I liked the buttons. I liked the little buttons that we got, but not that one. That one hurts my soul. So you asked about auto-destructive art. Okay, so that was guys smashing guitars and shit. Right. At a show. At they were really the, like the first ones to do that? At a show at the Railway Tavern in Haro, uh, Pete smashed his guitar after accidentally breaking it, and then the audi- audience demanded he do it again. And then Keith Moon was looking at him, are we doing this? You know, <laughs> like gave him the look. And he's like, yeah, we doing this. And then so Keith kicks over the drums. And uh, they just tore they, it up. They do it after every show now. And since then, it's been described as auto-destructive art. Well, now they were also maybe a little ahead. Didn't they like their like trash rooms and shit? Probably. I mean, that's got to be part <laughs> of it, too. Like, hey, guys, want to go to bed now? Fuck, I got to trash the room. You're getting way ahead of yourself here, buddy. Yeah, ease, ease back there. I was there. having that epiphany. Pete said... Quote, a set of skins is about, well, okay, $300, because I don't know the British equivalent. And after every show, he'd go, bang, 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 kick the whole thing over. And so, a bang, 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 I imagine, is when he's just stabbing the drum drum skins, like, because a a drum skin is like a tight plastic sort of thing. The part you hit. But if you stab it, the drumstick will go through. So, premier drum executive, those are the guys who supplied Keith Moon with his drums, Eddie Haynes. 
Uh, he claimed that he carefully picked over his drum kit and it rarely needed repairs except for like stands and foot pedals. Quote, he would go through them like a hot knife through butter. So like the bass drum pedal, you break that shit all the time and like the cymbal stands, there's a lot of breaking stuff. So but the rest the of it stayed But not good. the expensive parts. Yeah, the actual drum shells. Because they may have not been making that stuff. much money then. Right. Because at a point then they were taking up, you know, they'd buy a guitar for, let's just say, four or five hundred bucks. Right. Wreck the shit out of it. And yeah. probably make that guitar then <laughs> worth a thousand. A thousand dollars in pieces. Buy another one. I mean. This is well before eBay and all that shit too. I mean, this is like. Real I know, I know a dude that's got some memorabilia like that. Some pieces, yeah. some shards. Yeah, he's. Oh, I mean, more from the punk stuff, but they did it too. That's cool. Well, 1965, a hobby is born. Keith buys a case of 500 cherry bombs. <laughs> he quickly <laughs> developed a reputation for destroying bathrooms and blowing up toilets. So, uh, and then he moves from cherry bombs to M80s to sticks of dynamite. Oh wow! Which became his explosive of choice. Well, yeah. <laughs> quote uh, all that porcelain flying through the air is quite unforgettable I'd never realized dynamite was so powerful I'd used penny bangers before penny bangers that's what he said aren't those sausages I would think so right exploding penny bangers and mash sounds like yeah. so Pete Townsend walked into Moon's hotel room in the bathroom like only the S bend so was hanging out of the wall where's this at just anywhere and uh, he said since the cherry bomb was about to explode, he had to throw it down the loo. And so That's Keith how he learned how to do that? Right. And Keith showed Pete the case of cherry bombs, and Pete said, we got thrown out of every hotel we <laughs> ever stayed in. So they did. That, that, that helps. All right. Uh, Alabama, Keith and Etten Whistle, the bass player, loaded a toilet with cherry bombs after being denied room service. Uh, quote, this is from Etten Whistle, I believe. The toilet was just dust over the walls. By the time we checked out, the manager brought down our suitcases to the gig and said, Don't come back. So they're just blowing fucking toilets up left and right. A hotel manager calls Keith's room one time to tell him to turn down the noise. Keith asks him up to the room, excuses himself for a second when the guy's at the door, puts a lit stick of dynamite in the toilet, shuts the bathroom door. Goes to the manager. Says, "What? What? You talking?" After the explosion, Keith turns the music back on and says, "Quote, dear boy, that was noise. This is the ooh." So they were just wrecking shit. I like that though. That I, do you think they're doing that for publicity or they? No, they no. were kind of blazing trails. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, no. It yeah. gave them publicity. Yeah, correct. People didn't know to do that before no, these guys. No, they were just like, doing this is, fun. This is the thing. They weren't spitting in anybody's faces. Well, here, I'll spoil some fun for you. March 17th, 1966, Keith marries Kim Kerrigan. Three months later, daughter Amanda is born. The press didn't find out about the marriage or the baby until one year later. Oh, so they kept it. Yeah. They hit, they hit it off. Yeah. So they knew a little fucking something. Yeah. April 1967, The Who appear on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. Yeah, do I get to hear a Smothers Brothers... Uh, interpretation here brian i was trying to figure out my brother and my brother you know like the whole thing and i didn't know how to do it without having you in on the gag I, well, yeah, the smothers brothers did, they didn't have distinct voices tommy tommy i thought was kind of like that i don't know not a distinct voice but i guess i could pick it out well was he ever on the ed sullivan show brian mm, no very big show Beatles. i bet they were <laughs> so uh well 
Keith bribes a stagehand to load gunpowder into the bass drum, but the stagehand's like, this is Keith Moon, so he uses 10 times the amount of gunpowder that Keith and he talked about. And so during the final of my generation, talking about my generation, Keith kicks the drums off the riser and sets off the dynamite, and the intensity of the blast singes most of Pete's hair and uh, embeds a piece of cymbal in Keith's arm and blew the rest of the band off stage, blinded two cameras, and fellow guest Betty Davis. She also fainted. Is that where Betty Davis' eyes come from? I bet blew you that is. You blew your mind, Brian. You did just blow my mind because I've been researching the crap out of this, and that's a so Betty Davis. So I wonder, that just gunpowder, if you just light gunpowder, like a pile of gunpowder, it just goes, <laughs> it doesn't go bang. Combustion. Right. It, you need to have it under pressure. It needs right. to be like contained in a cylinder of some kind, like a grenade or whatever. Yeah, encapsulated. So it, but it'll still, you get enough, it'll displace some air. Oh, that's yeah. That's probably and what happened. It was just like a little. in the bass drum, so it's a tight sort of, I mean, it could be tightly packed. But it, it probably it packed boom, it full. Boom. Didn't do like boosh. It, it didn't do a, a pop. No, it's probably more of a concussive and thing. And a lot of fire. Like a, bla- like a blast and then a shot. A lot of smoke, yeah. too. We let some gunpowder on fire last night. What, what were you doing? I, I don't do this regularly. Making <laughs> some coffee. No, we were hanging out at Adam's house, and Ryan was over there, and me and Adam and Ryan were playing darts or something. Oh, maybe b- before Ryan got there. And Adam just got some old um, guns from his dad. He passed away here recently, some old, like, uh, muzzleloader guns. Where oh, you wow. Dump gunpowder down the yeah. barrel and then put the bullets down there. Ball and wad and stuff. <coughs> so he had this. This uh, bullhorn, like a horn of a bull, that was turned into a gunpowder thing, you know, where you, like, oh, wow. like Looney okay. Tunes sort of looking shit. Yeah, man. And so. Like Davy Crockett shit. So it was, yeah, Davy Crockett. So it's hanging up on the wall, and we're out in the wood shop, which is, you know, family room in the back in the barn, rent yard. Detached garage. So I cook, I cook the gum, and I open them, and I dump them through, and I'm like, whoa, there's gunpowder in here. <laughs> cool. So I got a little pile going on the floor. Right. And, uh. Now, that dovetails nicely into how they would proof alcohol because they would take a bit of gunpowder, pour your homemade hooch on it, and then light it. And if it was enough to ignite the gunpowder, your, your alcohol was considered proofed. If it didn't, if it didn't not ignite, if it didn't ignite, it wasn't, right. it was bad. Right. That's not but high enough proof alcohol. Yes. They watered it down for you. So. so it lit on fire. It made this nice smell. It smelled like firecrackers, like firewood. I do like firecrackers. Yeah, I like that smell. It was good. Well, since we got off onto a weird tangent, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, uh, Moon Maloon. snacks around here no i'm bringing snacks next time but everybody i'd just like to let you know brian's a dick oh good he won't let me eat snacks on air you can't eat on the microphone what if they're gummy bears no it's people hate that there's an actual thing where it's like the sound of people chewing is like a thing like if your wife's listening right now i could say moist and a bunch of people are like ah come on man and panties dylan panties moist panties is the worst i love my wife and so so if you hear like the same type of reaction like a nails on a chalkboard uh, well, I mean, People chewing, okay. I hate that sound. Backstory, everybody. Um, <coughs> so Brian and I are doing these episodes, 
Excellent. And as much as everybody would like to think we like recorded this earlier this morning from you listening to it, no, we we were like, hey, we got to start doing them a little bit more professionally here, <laughs> quote unquote. We're like two months ahead. I'll tell people. <laughs> no, yeah. So <laughs> we decided, hey, let's try to do two at a time because Brian and I live a little ways away, so it takes a little time to get to you know together and schedules and all that crap. So yes, we did two episodes. Stop telling me. Um, I'm trying to make a case for me able to have snacks. I want. I think I need a snack. If the people vote and say you can have a snack, I will allow you to have snacks. I okay. So and make if your the people vote yes. Make your plea to your MySpace friends. Right. Here, <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> so, I think I should be able to have a snack, even if you have to hear me kind of eating it a little bit on the air. But you can vote on what snack I get. A s- little bit about myself. I like salty over sweet, but I'm not opposed to having some like like a chocolate. You know, I like chocolate. But for a snack, it's a I'm snack or like a dating profile. No, maybe both. <laughs> I would like maybe some potato chips, not not the Pringles though. No, Pringles no. are some weird. Mash I don't know what those are. Right? I don't, I the don't only time know. I ever eat Pringles is when I'm with my friend Ryan. <laughs> he makes me eat Pringles. No full names. Why? Because uh, he can sue us technically. Well, he has so many reasons he could probably sue me just for like this episode. It's right true. Now. He actually he's a, a member of the crew but on the when show. He, but when he eats a Pringle, he's our preview editor. This is how he eats it. I need something. You need a Pringle. <laughs> this is how he eats his Pringle. He'll like take one out like daintily off the pile of Pringles. He'll just take that Pringle out of the off the stack, and then he slowly. Like op- opens his mouth as wide as it'll go, and then places the Pringle on his tongue, and then slowly collapses, and crushes that Pringle, and then he gets this like look on his face of like satisfaction. <laughs> now it's got. And then be. he'll look around a little bit to see who's watching him eat that Pringle. And he does it again. How many Pringles do you think are in a can? Like 150. Probably. Does 150 times. Does Does he One do at time. curve side up or curve side down? Like, is it matching well, the it, shape it of his tongue? both ways, though. Well, uh, depending on it, the point it, of it reference. It goes this way, and it goes this way. And if you flip it over, then it goes the other way and the other I way. I used to know the name of that shape, like a dihedral parabola or something. It's a fucking like Pringle that. shape. It's a Pringle shape. It's a saddle. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's a saddle. So, okay. I'll eat a Pringle, though. That's that's good to know. But some, I like I like better-made potato chips. Can we say that? I do like better-made potato chips. Yeah, they're, they're not really a sponsor, good. but that's a Michigan-Detroit company that no, makes... No, barbecue ones. Are, all yeah. of them are good. I celebrate their entire catalog. I just bought some white cheddar popcorn last night, trying to be healthy. Are you serious? Yeah, it's up there. We got white cheddar popcorn in my house for the first time since I remember living. My wife bought it for the kids. They picked that white cheddar popcorn. Yeah, people love it. That boom chicka pop, not a sponsor. I put it in there. All that stuff. I put it in there once. They're like, I don't... Do you not like it? No. I like white popcorn, cheddar's good. but if I'm going to open a orange. bag of something, I want, like, like a potato chip. I want something hard. I can eat pop. I can make popcorn. You remember they used to make thick chips? Thick chips? Thick. They were not the actual name brand, but the actual chick chip was, like, thicker than normal. Like, that thick was a thing. Chips. Right. They were, like, like I don't know, homestyle or whatever you want to call them, but they were, like, thicker. It was, like, back in the... Late like 80s, like early 90s. Old Grady's, Old Grotten. That was a good one. That was like a Well, they now make like the kettle chips that are kind of no, really no, crunchy. No, 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 That's really crunchy, but they're actually like a thicker cut. They weren't as thin as like a regular potato chip. They're like just a like Lay's thicker. Potato. Well, they got yeah. the like ruffles and they have ridges. Right, but they were like thick ridges. You know, like um, the, 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 the. I like them thick. What are the, the, the Cheeto, uh, not Cheetos. Um, Scoops? 
the scoops. What are they? Fritos. Fritos. Oh, Fritos. Fritos. are like chi- just really thick corn chips. Fritos are actually kind of good for you. There's like four ingredients. I mean, a lot of it's oil yeah. and oil, stuff. salt. <laughs> Those are not honestly necessarily bad for you. They really aren't. Uh, eat the whole entire thing. Heart disease and stuff like that is is and high blood pressure is honestly like eighty some percent genetic. So that's a no reason to even worry about it. Low fat diet. They did a British study over fifty years. No effect on anyone's weight or uh, overall health. All low right. Fat, no effect. Keith Moon. Well, they called him Moon the Loon. So, uh. You can get in trouble for fucking around with loons. Don't fuck around with loons. Don't touch. Don't. You'll not only get in trouble, people will come after you. A loon is a duck with a thin, pointy bill. Not a duck, it's a waterfowl. Yeah, okay. A loon is a duck with a thin, pointy bill. We've been having the conversation if it's a loon or a duck since they made sixth grade. Well, good for them. Yeah, and they live to be like. A dozen years old. They that's come back to the same easy. lake all the time. They, they migrate. Easy hunting. No, you can't hunt them. You that's can't even go buy them in a boat. You'll get in trouble. Are there not a lot of loons? What's no, the there's not. There's not a lot of loons. Why? Because they're dumb animals. <laughs> exactly. So, Moon the Loon. Keith Moon the Loon. Uh, they called him that because he's a big prankster. And, you know, but he liked to... Blow up toilets. Well, he blew up toilets. And uh, his humor sometimes rubbed people the wrong way. Um... For instance, <laughs> he would dress up in a Nazi officer uniform and drive through Jewish neighborhoods, throwing oh a Zig Heil every once in a while you along the way. You can't do that today, much less <laughs> then, dude. In the 60s, yeah. Uh, he once put a barbecued pig's head in Barry Whitnam, drummer for Herman's Hermits, uh, in his bed. That's not. That's funny. I mean, that's fine. It's not offensive. He also liked to put fake spiders between his sheets. That's funny. A barbecued pig's head's not offensive? Dude, you know how hard that would be to do? To barbecue it? That'd take a well, good couple ten hours. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> dedication to your craft. <laughs> I'm sure he bought it barbecued. But, uh, uh, on tour with the herd, Keith put firecrackers in the piano, and he rigged the pulley system on the gong used by their drummer. So every time he tried to hit the gong, it would move back just slightly enough out of his reach where he couldn't <laughs> hit it. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, the gong Shit. is like the big. Oh, that's the, <laughs> that's the finale. It, it, it's the, yeah, and then uh, everybody expected it. And then it's just <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, nope. <laughs> he can't hit just it. Just out of reach. <laughs> so Nothing yeah. sadder than someone who can't hit the gong. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Um, I think this is the part you might have been waiting for. The Who's first American tour, August 23rd, 1967. They're opening for Herman's Hermits. They're like Herman's Hermits. It's funny. The Who is opening for Herman's Hermits. Herman's Hermits. Herman. Herman's Hermits. They had songs like, I am Henry VIII. I am. I'm Henry VIII. I am. I am. Yeah. Can't you hear my heart beating? Can't you hear my heart? Yeah. You know, they're kind of poppy. And then the Who opened for them uh, at Atwood Stadium in Flint. There it is. There it is. Both born and raised in and around Flint. Atwood Stadium still there. Yeah, no, it is. It's yeah. a, it's a sports field for one of the local high schools now. I think that. Yeah, and they keep you know kind of putting a little money into it. Yeah, here and it's there. a nice field. I, I mean, for back in the day, just the neighborhood around it, it's getting better though. I mean, that neighborhood is coming around a little bit. It right. is because it's got the colleges and exactly. the, and that new you know shoving the whole thing. They pre-plowed it over. Just the most brief synopsis of you and I. Flint was a big auto town. 
when we were growing up in Michigan, it's actually considered Vehicle City. Detroit is Motor City, Flint is Vehicle City, and uh, everybody you knew, your uncle, your dad, your cousin, your mom, your, your somebody worked for Flint or a company that supplied something to an auto yeah, factory. Or for Flint. Buick or, or Delphi or, or GM or in some way, yeah. Even like the paper factory that makes the paper that goes to the GM factories, whatever. So that was... Uh, that that was Flint, and so at this time it was humming away, man. And Atwood Stadium was a big sort of uh, stadium complex downtown. Yeah, how many people? I bet I bet it bit get like fifteen thousand people. Oh maybe? yeah, I would think so. Twelve, fifteen, probably somewhere in there. Yeah, Luke's so dad. Oh my god, I can't say names. Not no, you can't. You can't say names. I of just people looked who him up on Facebook the other day too. So we're all hanging out now. Now Luke and and the couple guys that we hung out with that in that little crowd. They're kind of guys in fifth grade would like break out of the house at night after spending the night at somebody's buddy's house. Rough, we're all rough fifth graders. Yeah, so in Catholic school, scary Catholic school kids. Yeah. We go like pee pee somebody's house. But the best thing about Catholic school dudes is that you have to go to bed for like three hours and wake up and be like, oh, "We better go clean that shit up." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody ever knew they had TV. It's true. So, anyways, Luke's dad. It's like a Saturday afternoon. We're out playing football, and he goes, "Yo, boys, you want to go play some football?" Because he's from Chicago. Because he's from Chicago, yeah. and that's how they talk. This and that and the other. Well, yeah. he was, yeah, he was like a youth. Whatever. Something. Minister. No, like a corrections officer. Yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> his he kid was like one of the worst ones. He sometimes worked in the jail and sometimes lived in the jail. Correct. So he loads us up in his old DC cab, like me and David. I can't say his last name, can I? No, just me David. And David. Me and, and David. Jeff and Luke. Right. That's a great story. Why do you I need I want to say David. All right, so da- we all it's load up. A, we, sidebar, we had a conversation with my wife and some other. What's a sidebar and a sidebar? Right, women of her age. And she's like, what's with men always telling stories with the guy's full name? Like, what is that? Why do you guys have to list his full name? And I figured it out. I said, it adds to the credibility of the story if I cite the entire reference. I as opposed to just, Tommy said. I think it's because, for you and I, it's because Mr. Ford. Because he said everyone's full name. No, he never used your first name. It was like, oh, Mr. So-and-so. Rupal. Yeah, I've always Mr. been a last Rupal. name. Mr. Rupal. Mr. Kinsley. I've been a last name since. You're out of here. You're right. I have been a last name since like fourth or Mr. fifth Ford. grade. Yeah, so. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, Luke's dad loads us all up in the car, and we don't know where we're going. So we drive down this like sketch part of Flint, parked down by the river, on this dead-end road. There's like some garbage and shit. There's like a, ca- a, a, a fence. And we're like, what are we doing? Like, come on, guys, get out. So we sneak into Atwood Stadium, the back part of the stadium, because somebody, like, cut the fence. Now, Atwood Stadium, the front of it, it's all, like, nice brick. Oh, it's with beautiful brickwork. Yeah, with, like, a uh, nice entrances with turnstiles and everything and the ticket booths and everything. And it says Atwood Stadium on the front when you're driving by it. You can definitely see it. It's, like, it's almost like the big house, but smaller. It's a small big house. a new instrument brian no. it's the spring on the mic stand <laughs> no leave the boom so. stand alone so anyways we we, we sneak into the back of atwood's we because luke's dad saw us playing football like you, in the yard he's so like not good enough we're going to atwood stadium so you played he, football i mean we threw the football <laughs> around in atwood stadium so you played Sorry. football on atwood stadium. i did not know the who were that i did not know that that i thought it maybe was the uh the ima sports arena wow no now called Pirani Arena. I don't think that existed. Might, they might have played at Auto World. You guys want a fun history lesson about Flint? Look up Auto World. Please. Super tangent. So, the Who's first American tour, 1967, Atwood Stadium, opening for Herman's Hermits, 
said they said it's going to be Keith's 21st birthday. It wasn't. It was his 20th birthday, but he wanted to drink in the United States. <laughs> so so like, they just lied. I mean, it's his 21st birthday. Fake it till you make it. Uh, they jam out at Wood Stadium. They rock, rock that place out, right? You sound like this, everybody. Everybody. I'm glad you're taking it. <laughs> the concert wraps up about 10 o'clock. I don't know. 1967. I don't know. Uh, the band and the entourage return to the motel. The Holiday Inn. It's basically on Bristol and Atherton. Bri- oh, hold on. Where? Like, all right, you're coming down 75 towards uh, the airport. Yeah. You get off on Bristol and you take that loop. There's the GM shops to the left. Yeah. And then there's like a total gas station and like a, there's still like a travel lodge or something right there on the right. Okay. Used to be a Holiday Inn right there at the corner. Okay. Bristol. It's like Bristol and Atherton, kind of like that area. I thought Bristol and Atherton ran well, run the same direction. Uh, uh, what's the other road then? Bristol and like it's the one that Hammerberg turns into when you come up by the GM shops, and then Bristol runs that way. No, it's farther east than that. All right, I'll look. I'll, we're gonna find. We're and it's two, it's two two oh seven West Bristol Road for those of you in Flint. And the line. Hey Siri, look up two two zero seven. West Bristol Road. West Bristol Road. Siri's not very good. She's she's weird. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, everybody in the road crew uh, were partying hard, and the pool had so much spilled booze in it, they actually christened it the world's largest martini. <laughs> so the day goes on, more and more people, more and more booze. There's naked people with fire extinguishers sh- shooting around the pool. I uh, like this party. It's a good party. Uh, five-tier birthday cake supplied by Premier Drums with a girl inside shows up. And Keith throws handfuls of cake at anybody you see in a food spite. This is the, the girl popped out of the cake? Oh, yeah. That yeah. really happened? Yeah. Well, I always thought that al- was just a, like, a, like a thing they did on TV. Allegedly, that happened. So, no, that's that happened. So, uh, he's, he's throwing giant cake at anybody who comes in. And now, they originally, they were like in a, like a room, like a banquet room, like a dining room. And it spread out into the lobby. This is at the hotel. This is at the hotel on, on Bristol. On his 20th birthday. Yes. 20, 21st, wink, wink, U.S. Right. Well, uh, toilet, toilets were exploded, of course. Of course, yeah. And then Keith misplaces his clothes, so he's running around naked. Uh, piano gets destroyed. Objects and people are being thrown into the pool, right? So this party is fucking, like... A party. This is full balls, man. This is all out, dude. This is a party for, for Flint. So the police arrive with guns drawn, and uh, naked Keith streaks off. Don't look, Ethel. And uh, he jumps into a Lincoln Continental. Where would you keep your keys if you, if you were Keith and you were naked? Well, I mean, I think, was it his car? Not the point. Didn't have keys, and so he pulls the parking brake, and then the car slowly rolls backwards into the pool. Oh, really? Correct. Oh, I just thought he drove the motherfucker into the pool. No, no. He didn't have keys. That's what I was going to say. Where would oh. you keep the keys? Well, I, some the my keys right now street. are in, in, in the vehicle. Fastest thing on two wheels. There's an audience to be found. He'll be streaking it round, inviting public to tea. Oh, name the artist. Uh, so okay, so basically Keith sitting in the Lincoln Continental naked in the pool, sinking to the bottom. Probably laughing his ass. He off. was. There's some articles. I don't have the quotes, but he remembers himself just like, 
being very calm and like, well, I can't wait. I have to wait till the pressure equalizes. And he's like, I remembered me physics, you know, shit like that. <laughs> so Naked Keith swims up to the top. Yeah, but he had the, I mean, then they didn't have yeah, a power no, right. window, so he could yeah, just, he like, roll the window. window. Yeah, crank the window so down. Naked Keith swims up to the top, slips away from the cops because they're really <laughs> waiting for him, but he's naked and getting out of the pool. He got away from the cops? Yeah, well, uh, because he's drunk, naked, and wet and fleeing the, p- the police, he slips on some of the cake he threw earlier, and he busts his front teeth out. Oh. And so then the cops get him, and then they escort him to a dentist before they take him to jail. And I didn't look super hard, but I am curious. Like, who is that dentist in Flint who worked on Keith Moon? Yeah. Right. If you know, drop us a line on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, man. That would be kind of neat. So uh, the dentist. <coughs> wonder if his last name was Prentiss. Keith was so drunk. How drunk was he? Nice. Uh, he didn't require Novocaine for his dental surgery. Keith <laughs> <laughs> uh, spent the night in jail, and then they chartered a plane to get him to Philadelphia to meet the rest of the band. And Hermit's, Hermit's manager, Ed McCain, McCain, McCain uh, paid the hotel bill of $24,000. That's all it was? Today's money, that would be $179,835.41. That's better. <laughs> So that's better. The record company apparently. That, that's a great story. <laughs> oh, we're not done. No, we're uh, no the Flint story. Oh yeah, yeah. Just yeah. the Flint story. That's that is, mean. we had uh, the Flint was never Detroit. It was never New York or no whatever. No no no. no. It's a smaller metropolitan. But dude, we we've city. had we've had a couple good stories, and that's one of my f- like kind of like tiny little favorite Flint stories. That's great. Yeah. Well, the record company apparently bought the damp car off of whoever owned <laughs> the it. The what? The the record company. Damp car, damp moist, moist, moist car, off of whoever owned it. The whoever owned the moist car, whoever the <laughs> the who were permanently banned from Flint, Michigan. You'll never see them in who? Flint. Uh, I bet they'd let them back. Holiday Inn declared the first global lifetime ban of the who, so who? they're not allowed Holiday to Inn? <laughs> Holiday Inns globally. <laughs> really going after these. Hotel operators uh, now promote celebrities leaving their hotel as opposed to like, hey, guess who's coming to stay with us? Because of them. Correct. They say, guess who stayed with us? And um, Don't foreshadow it. This is, this is my favorite. Hotel architects now make it considerably more difficult for motor vehicles to interact with the swimming pools. <laughs> so Worded very nicely. Interact. There were more things, too, like uh, road managers now keep so much more cash on hand for offstage Hail. antics. And then insurance companies... Are have to have such a higher uh, and this is attributed to the who to and the Keith who Moon and Keith Moon, so there's all sorts of new things like tour managers this guy had and fun. stuff. Oh God, he did, and he didn't really get in trouble for it. Uh, no, Moon the Loon, uh, he was very eccentric and people liked him. He liked being known as Mister Funny. That was like kind of his thing. It's like people he wanted people to laugh at him. That was his whole bit. Um, he was in a limo one time on the way to LAX airport. Keith was like, "Oh wait, oh yeah, I forgot something." And uh, that was that was Ozzy Osbourne. I don't know what he was doing there. <coughs> Keith, it, it, Keith, something else. Keith was like, "Hey, wait, I forgot something." And uh, they went back to the the hotel. Right, the limo pulls back. He goes up to the room, and then they just see him shove the TV out of the window into the pool. And then he comes back down. He gets back in the limo, and he goes, "Nearly forgot that." <laughs> <laughs> Drove off. <laughs> wait, wait a. Make everybody go out of your way because you got one little whim. 
they they these are the people and this is the guy who basically started trashing hotel rooms this is it this is the genesis for all of it like no one did that shit before him this and is he just the wrecked guy. shit and he just wrecked well he said that he, they also were the first ones they just like wreck guitars yeah he broke it accidentally and then the crowd's like yeah smash it and he's like all right cool. Smashy, smashy. and then as soon as keith is like yeah <laughs> like, let's do this i can get paid to wreck things i'm down right keith um he became a regular at some london clubs um bag of nails and the speakeasy Mike like a regular performer or just no a just a regular hanger outer like a bar fly and uh you remember the speakeasy that was in the sid vicious episode yeah apparently yeah. yeah it's a big it's a big big club in london oh i thought it was in flushing well i mean it, it's in <laughs> flushing england it's out there. Well, don't you remember the speakeasy in Flushing? I do remember the speakeasy. It turned into the Tiki Bar, which I think is now something else. Yeah. They so got, yeah. he spent a lot of cash on booze and drugs, and and kind of all this eccentric behavior was sort of fueled by the drugs and alcohol. I mean, he would have been nuts, but I don't think he would have been as nuts, they're saying. That's a, that's a chicken-egg thing. Yeah, could be. Was, so uh, Was he crazy because of the drugs, or was he, was well, he's he on a the drugs because he was crazy? Right. Yeah, whatever. August 1969. Uh, the Who play Woodstock. Yeah. They hated every second of it. It was kind of nasty weather, wasn't it? It was bad weather. They went on 16 hours late. The concert was behind schedule. They had some freaks. Honestly, I want to say something like, I don't remember who it was, but one of the bands got all tripped out and like wouldn't get off stage for hours and hours. And well, it's called like the Grateful Dead. Set them all behind. Yeah, maybe. Uh, also, their drinks were spiked with LSD before they went on stage. They did not want to do that, or so they're done to them. And then <laughs> photographers wouldn't leave them alone. They were just, like, <laughs> harassing them constantly. Woodstock was yeah. special. Oh, It uh, can never be done again. They did it in 1994. No, not, no, <laughs> no, not even close. If you don't know. Are you talking the one that with the with the Green Day? Was that yeah, Mudstock. No. Uh, no. if, if you're unaware, Woodstock was a huge... Rock festival, no, hippie fuck, festival. No, fuck you if you don't know it. No, that's no, it. We're no, not going into no, it. You shouldn't no. listen to this if you don't know what stock is. If right. you don't know what stock is, turn Google it off. It. No, <laughs> don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. <laughs> Dawn breaks Woodstock. The Who's on stage? They jam out Tommy rock opera. People love it. At dawn. At dawn. Yeah. So uh, they hated Woodstock, but they they killed it. People, you know, more. Well, they're one of the famous. bands that came out of Woodstock. More pop, like that was a. Right. They were popular before. It sounds like Am same I right? thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not real familiar with their timeline of popularity, but it goes very quickly. There were some bands that that went into Woodstock, nothing, and came out legends. Carlos Santana yeah. also uh, got spiked with LSD. He'd never done LSD before, and he's like, "Dude, I had like 12 fingers, man." He's like, "I don't know, I'm playing guitar." <laughs> so he killed it too. Oh, and that there is a baseball player. I believe it's a pitcher. Pitch on LSD, a no hitter. Oh God! Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna look that up. I got. I want not now because it's gonna take me. But he pitched one of the best baseball games ever, and it's 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 crime. It's it's legit. He was on LSD. I'm gonna start conspiracy theory talk and get my tinfoil hat on. But they they always talk about the U.S. government doing tests on LSD for like special forces people and stuff, just to like I don't get know, em. keep them awake or get them over the hump. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it's just like wow. That, but now you hear more and more of these stories like that. People what was that movie? Men who talk to goats. To goats. Yeah. People. I don't know, man. People must get in the zone. I have never done LSD, and I don't want to. 
No, I, I'm scared of it. Yep. I'm scared of everything. That's synthetic. I don't and want to. And if I'm scared of it, I don't want shit. No. That would probably be a bad trip. Keith, uh, Keith doesn't always do LSD. <coughs> In 1972, Keith was consuming two bottles of champagne and two bottles of brandy a day. Well, champagne's no big deal. Brandy's a little more potent. Two of those, man. Yeah, two and two. So uh, one time at the home of a guitarist, as our first guitarist, uh, Leslie West, Keith sees a line of cocaine on the table, and he <laughs> snorts that thing all up. That was the beginning of a, good, of a beautiful friendship. Well, it wasn't cocaine. It was heroin for oh the whole God. party. <laughs> oh, that was a whole entire eight ball that you yeah, just did yeah. of the heroin. He uh, snorted a potentially lethal dose of heroin. So they take him to the hospital. They pump his stomach, and they give him a shot of, of adrenaline right to the heart. Pump his stomach? And I mean, it ain't in your stomach, man. No, that is not in your stomach. So He's probably drunk, too, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, well, yeah. Get everything out of him we can. So 1973, he divorces uh, Kim divorces Keith. They had a bad marriage because of Keith drinking and partying and stuff. And uh, he, this is the line I found: he broken her nose no less than three times. Are you serious? Yeah. He was hitting her. Yeah, she'd pack up and leave, and then Keith would be like, "Come on back," and she would go back. So. Oh but she finally divorced him. 1973. Good for her, I guess. It kind of sucks. Oh well. Ah <laughs> uh, well. While leaving a bar one time at closing time, closing time, uh, Keith Moon and others were being intimidated by some young skinheads. All right, so uh, they they were well, they weren't old skinheads; they were young skinheads. So Keith's chauffeur Neil Boland hops in Keith's Bentley and drives Keith and the others away, but some skinheads kind of like block the path, and so. Neil gets out of the car to try and disperse the skinheads, and Keith jumps behind the wheel, and somehow Boland fell into the car, and Keith drove over him. Dude. Uh, he's dead. Huh. Keith is absolved of, of the guilt, and some skinheads get fined for starting a confrontation. I got run over by a guy in Iowa. You did. Yeah. But you won. You won the race. Ben and Ben and our friend Matt. See, I can say stories without using last names. Ben and Matt were racing home from our local bar, and we Ben won. No, no, <laughs> no! It was not a bar. It was at Scott's house. Oh well, that's. And we're getting ready to go to the bar. No, we were no. There was no alcohol involved. This is before we drank, dude. I swear <laughs> to God, it was. We were in eighth grade. What is this? No, we never. I never really drank until like senior year in high school. Well, you made up for it now. Oh, we made up for it. <laughs> but we were like sixteen. And uh, we're like, hey, let's go to let's go to the grocery store. We gotta go get some like snacks. I still want snacks, of course. And so we want to get some snacks, but we don't want to take two two cars. But we we're leaving Scott's house. We had we each had a vehicle at Scott's. So we're like, yo, let's drive to Matt's house. And Matt, I drove separate his car, Caprice Classic, nineteen seventy six. This sounds like some Bieber and Khalil shit right here. No, we weren't racing. racing. No, Grandpa Matt didn't race. That's true. Grandpa Matt did not race. That's true. And so um, we left, and I get to Matt's house, and I knew I was going to – I mean, it was like seven miles down the road. And I'm – Ben won. Right. I so won. I win. I'm here Woo! first. So I pull into Matt's house. It was like in a, on a cul-de-sac in How a, would you in a neighborhood. Well, I, I was waiting for Matt because I just want to hop in his car. We go to the grocery store and get snacks. I think we were getting ready to go camping <laughs> or hunting or something. I don't know. We are just going to go – we just had to go to the Myers. The I, Myers. I laugh because I know what's going to happen. 
So I'm, I'm standing there because I didn't want to, we didn't even go in the house. Well, his mom and dad were home, and they were kind of some older people. And uh, so I'm just like, I don't want to deal with them people. And I'll just wait outside. I just waited outside. I just was like standing on the porch. I'm like, where's this motherfucker at? This so is so boring so waiting for mom. So it's kind of boring listening to it right now, I bet. But <laughs> I'm going to tell the whole story. So then I go stand down in the driveway. I'm like, he's just going to pull in. I'm going to hop in. We're going to go. Go by. I'm like, where in the hell? Well, there's no stoplights either. That's the thing. This was like all country roads. And so we get to, uh, I, I sit down in the driveway because I'm that lazy. Can't stand it for 10 minutes. No Matt. There's so like, like two like, turns from Scott's house to Matt's house. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. It's 70, it's it's like seven miles away, 55, like 55 mile, mile an hour, hour back roads. Yeah. So. I know Lit knows Grandpa Matt. Matt drove. He still drives so slow. I mean, he's all over the road, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. So, I wonder what it's like to be the rainmaker. Uh, so, I'm I'm now, inside, inside for whatever right. reason, not the best decision in my life, laying down in the driveway. Just chilling back, waiting for Matt. Just laying down with hands my hands behind, behind my head. <laughs> just like, in his driveway. Where is this dude Next at? to your car. He, he comes barreling <laughs> through the subdivision. Up the driveway. <laughs> around the cul-de-sac in the circle and he's and i as he describes i'm just looking around like he should be waiting for me in the road why is he not here he must have went in the house and so he's got his head on a pivot looking around other than where he's driving where is where is i'm at <laughs> and he drives right over me <laughs> he drives pulls right, right up on right top of ben i spin holds around his legs up over his head yeah, his he face. comes like straight up over me so i'm laying down he comes like right up over my feet <laughs> knees my, my waist and of course natural reaction i like grab try to grab the bumper i'm trying to speed up stop because i want to stop the car this is 1977 76 caprice plan it's a big mofo car hercules 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 so i get twisted adrenaline gets bent and he gets twisted and i get twisted <laughs> under the car like 90 degrees oh. so my head counterclockwise uh, uh, rotates underneath the car the tire goes over my chest i remember that very very vividly the tire <laughs> and i thought huh that was that bad I didn't die. No. Eh, eh, the tire didn't hurt. I'm going to so live. Now I'm pinned under the car. My, <laughs> knees are up by my, my knees are up by my ears. I totally remember what happens now. And Matt, <laughs> and he knows I'm yelling. I'm screaming. I'm like, <laughs> crying like a tiny little baby. Get off me. He opens the door, <laughs> looks down, and there's my head. Like, looking right back at him, yelling. Lift up the car! Lift up the car! Lift up the car! I'm thinking Matt's got this super strength, now this human, superhuman, like yep, you don't know, hear the stories yep. about the TV falling the, on the infant the, and the, the mom, mom. just the yeah, superhuman mom picking up a truck. And so Matt gets like, <laughs> he's freaking out, I'm freaking out, everybody's <laughs> freaking out, there's yelling going on. And he, he, and this dude, he's like, okay, I'm gonna lift up this car. I'm gonna lift this car up. Grabs up that rocker board. Yep. Nope, nope. That is not like <laughs> <laughs> it's a Caprice classic, baby. <laughs> 1976 that, Caprice that, classic. That ain't going nowhere. So he lifts. He actually got a little bit of tension, like off the springs, you know, kind of just. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and flex so I was shocks. able to push my feet out straight. Oh, God. That so must have been a relief. It, it was, uh, that was, and I started, like, giggling because I was happy because I could feel my toes. I was so happy. I thought I was going to die or oh I was paralyzed. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, paralyzed. Whatever. Sure, so sure, that sure. gave Matt, I was, he got the jack out and lifted up the car. And we hobbled into his mom, his mom and dad's house. His mother is a nurse. His mother's a nurse, but his mother was also 
not on the clock at this point. <laughs> nurses will not help you. So his his dad. No offense, nurses. So my mother in so his, his dad Rick's on the phone with Uncle David, and and we walk in and we're like just sputtering things. And and then his mom's watching Jeopardy on the couch, and mom, I just ran bent over with the car, and she just kind of like does a like turns her head a one eighty, looks at me. Goes right back to fucking Jeopardy. <laughs> like, we're yelling. We're screaming. We're loud. I'm bleeding. Pants are ripped. I'm hanging off Matt. Neither of these people believe anything we have to say. No. Yeah. Uh, Matt's like a foot shorter than you. And, <laughs> and, and I don't know what the kids are. I gotta call you back, Dave. What the hell's going on? Oh, my God. There you go. Matt's running over Ben Rupel. No laughing. All right. Now, Matt's I'll leave in because he's not going to sue us. Now I'm gonna have to bleep it, bleep it out. Why? I don't know. Get him to sign a release. All right, all right. We got Keith Moon stuff. Good story, on. but Keith Moon. So imagine that, but you didn't live. That's what happened to Keith Moon. Because later he was no, at, he, he was killed a, the guy. Yeah, he was later. At he didn't die like that. No, Keith Moon didn't. The guy did though. Neil Neil Bor- Borland is dead. Borland. Yeah, Keith ran him over with his Bentley. Not go, not go, <laughs> not go work here anymore. Anyways, yeah. September sixth, nineteen seventy eight. Keith and uh, his girlfriend. She's a Swedish That's supermodel. Billy Madison joke, by the way. <laughs> the Swedish. If you have to explain it, the Swedish supermodel girlfriend Annette Walter Lax. They go to a dinner with Paul and Linda McCartney. Oh. Paul McCartney and his wife is having a film preview party for the Buddy Holly story. Is she still a Trio? Yeah, at this time she did. And it's the Buddy Holly story with Gary Busey! Ah, I'm Gary Busey! Dude, <laughs> I love the Duo story. <laughs> Gary. He, did he sing anything? Buddy Holly! He was Buddy Holly. We could pro- we, I could pull Can we do Gary a Gary Busey, Busey episode? <laughs> I would totally do a Gary Busey episode. Even if it's a mini episode, I want to hear the story in its entirety about him doing cocaine off a dog. Okay. Like, he spilled a whole entire bag of cocaine on dog. And then he, like, shook out the dog. And then did the cocaine. And then did the cocaine. This is beautiful because Keith originally did not want to go to this party with Paul McCartney and Linda. And then he called and got a bag of cocaine. And Bob's your uncle. He went to the Buddy Holly story. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he took his Swedish supermodel. Well, not supermodel. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to demote her. His Swedish model girlfriend. She might be a supermodel. Why can't you say supermodel? Because it didn't exist back then. It was 1978. Oh, so when did they start? I want to say Kathy Ireland or uh, what's her name? The mole. Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Oh, Cindy Crawford. She's like in her 60s now. She's gorgeous. My God. She Is she still gorgeous? Uh-huh. And her, ki- her kid, her daughter, looks exactly like her. Yo, you want to know who I saw? The oh. I saw Pat Benatar's daughter. Oh. Nice, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Who did Pat Benatar get with? I don't know. He must have had a nice big butt. Uh, <laughs> a good-looking fellow with a large ass. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So uh, they're at this party at the Peppermint Park. It's a restaurant and uh, with Paul and Linda. And uh, Keith and Annette are like, I'm bored. Let's go home. So they go home. Oh, it's a great story, Brian. Keith, <laughs> Keith asks Annette to make him some steak and eggs. And she objects. And Keith says, you don't like it? Being <laughs> more Brian, more Brian. Your my British accent. Yeah, the British. I love Don't it. Don't like it. You can fuck off. 
It sounds like a bad Simpsons character. <laughs> that's the best. That's what I was raised on. If you don't like it, you can fuck off. He's a cunt. Oh, that's true. He's a good cunt. He's a good cunt. Um, those were Keith's last words. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Is there a specific date and time here we have coming up, Brian? That was September 7th, 1978. All right. Police determined that there were 32 clomathiazole pills. It's a prescribed drug that helps people get off alcohol and insomnia. <laughs> so it's kind of like a chill, like a, like a sedative. Like a zanny? Kind of, but clomathiazole. Clomathiazole. Ah, I said it. That was awesome. So he did a he did a bunch of them. Thirty two clomathiazole pills. Oh, um, huh. Six were digested. Twenty six were not. Then he died. He did. I mean, he must have done. If six killed him. Yeah. Keith Moon. Thirty two. He probably knew he was doing that. Was he? Uh, he was in excess of everything. I mean, there's things like where him and Jim Morrison were backstage at concerts, and they would literally both take a handful of pills off a table, not knowing what they are, and swallow them, and then look at each other and go. <laughs> And then that was like well, that ended well for both of them now, so, didn't it? Right. And then, oh, unfortunately, um, he was in the same apartment that Mama Cass was in when she OD'd and died. Or she OD'd. I don't know if she OD'd. She died. Yeah, she di choked on ham sandwich. Whatever. So she died. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a thing? Why do people think it's Mama Cass so mean died on choking on a ham, ham sandwich. sandwich? Yeah, you're right. It's Why? So I don't know. But they lived in the same apartment, and when mm. – um. Pete Townsend and Keith Moon were looking at the apartment. They were like, the people are like, this is cursed, Keith. Don't buy it. Like, it's cursed. And then Pete Townsend, no, man. Lightning could not possibly strike twice at the same place. It's not about you buy That was Mama Cass's like, apartment? Yeah. So he wow. Died. Yeah. She died at 32 also. Wow. So uh, Moon was cremated September 13th, 1978 in London. His ashes were scattered at the Golden Green Gardens of Remembrance. 32. Young. 32. My, my, I like this quote from Alice Cooper, who is a famous American goth rocker, as it said in Wikipedia. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. A famous American goth rocker. You know what's cool about Alice Cooper? Makes a hell of a hot dog. That's an act. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, I mean, it, that's his act. Yeah. But he's not, he's not above saying that. Right. It's the his act. The one that gets me is Larry the Cable Guy. That's an act. That's an act. That and motherfucker went no. to Cornell. And, and he, that's if you, you look at his early stuff, none of it. No. Nope. It's like, but he's selling it. Yeah. And he sells out still. 50,000 seats, dude, in the Midwest. Yeah. But Alice Cooper at least is like, yeah, that's an act. I, I, got, I got a wife here. I don't always wear makeup. Cooper's is a sweet restaurant somewhere. The, uh, you said hot dog? Yeah, he does uh, some huge foot-long hot dog. Guy Fieri was talking that. about it. So Alice Cooper, uh, about Keith Moon, quote, nobody could cook. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah, let's try it now. I wonder if I won't edit that. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> I work for that. Probably too lazy to do it. Uh, Alice Cooper quote on on Keith Moon quote: Nobody could compete with Keith Moon. Think about think about it this way: about forty percent of what you hear about me or Iggy or Ozzy uh, is probably true. Everything you've heard about Keith Moon is true, and you've only heard about ten percent of it. So he was off the. R he was he was full bore. Sounds like he was full bore. He was. So Keith, Keith Moon. I like that Flint story. I mean, that's 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 a that's a legend around here. Yeah, it is. I feel it's like around Flint. Like around you know, Flint. Yeah, like, yeah. Drive the car into the pool. 
Now, they claimed it didn't happen, but the guy, uh, McCann, the manager for Herman's Hermits, was like, damn well did. I paid, paid the fee. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I guarantee we paid for it. I guarantee that happened. You know, I think I've heard it both ways. So, right. But, I, you know, my dad grew up in Flint. Your dad, your, your, uh, all of our family, my dad grew up in Flint. Yeah. It was a beautiful place back. I mean, today it's kind of like, I'm, I'm from Flint, man. But no, back then it was no, like, No, yeah, right. My Flint. mom grew up in the nice part of Flint. Yeah. Like, and back in the day, which was, like, and I know, And I think Evelyn my dad Day. was, you know, he went to a lot of concerts, a lot of stuff. At At they had a lot of different things, at like Atwood and a bunch of little yeah, venues. Yeah, Atwood was and sweet. And some bars and stuff. And, you know, they hung out with Grand Funk Railroad. And Grand Funk. The Bob Seger down here in Ann Arbor. I mean, yep. that's where Bob's from. So, you know, he was part of that scene. So he tells a story. And he's got a lot of Who albums. So he was... Probably about the same age as them, yeah. Probably give or take a couple years. Couple so, years. you know, he was he was he was telling me stories about it back then, and we all heard stories about it. So that was a a fun story. That's a good one, man. Because it doesn't sound like Keith Moon was out to hurt people. No, he was just a crazy. He was a kind, like not kind, kind-hearted. No, just he a j- jokester. Had yeah, he had some problems with people. He just always wanted people to laugh and have fun. Yeah, he wasn't hurt. Whatever. I mean, he definitely ran him over. He that sounds like an wife. accident. He punched his wife in the face three times. Yeah, I didn't like broke that. Broke her nose. Story. Like, that was not good. He no. named Led Zeppelin. Did you know that? No. He was sort of dicking around like an early version of the guys in Zeppelin, and he's sitting there, and he just looks at him, and he goes, "This is gonna fa- this is gonna fall like a Led Zeppelin," and then he went off with a Who, and they're like, "Yeah, pretty good name." Oh wow! Yeah, and that's fun hearing about we, these old rock. I mean, we grew up. We didn't even get into his drumming, man. That dude changed like what drums were. People used to just sort of kick back like two and four, and Keith Moon was like, you know, like he just went ape shit, man. Just unleashed, had a huge drum set, like three hundred and sixty degrees, kind of like a like the first Neil Pert sort of guy. And so second rush preference. <laughs> so. He he didn't. I didn't get into all that, but he literally changed like how rock and roll drumming was done. You know, yeah. like it used to be way more laid back, and he he brought it to the front. And so, well, that was rock and roll. That was the beginning. I mean, that was the Who did carry on without him. They got a guy um, named Kenny Jones from Faces. There's an English band called Faces. Faces. Kenny now Kenny Jones is really good, and he, they're like this is about pretty much the only guy who could replace Keith Moon. <coughs> but now. It's a different sound, they say. It's not quite as hyper and raw and all that. Who was the dude? Was it Daltrey? That kind of had a little bit of a... That's the singer? Or no? A little boy fetish thing? That was the guy from Queen. No. (laughs) No. No, I I cannot comment. I did not find any... No, there was some... Any... I don't know which which one of the other pop... It was... Who was the other one? Well, there's Daltrey, there's Pete Townsend, there's John Edwin Russell. No, we're going to go with maybe Townsend. One of the two. I don't know. Townsend? Well, they he they found some, like, bad shit on his computer or something. Uh. And he's like, no, I was just researching it. You know, I was just researching it because it's it's wrong, and I want to do a paper. I'm going to write a paper on how wrong it is. He got away with it. Hmm. Is that payola? It's, uh, I just want to, you know, I don't want to just – I'm, I'm not gay. I just, I just, you know, have sex with men so I can prove to myself I don't like it. Do not like this. What? what? <laughs> this story? No, like I was just no. I was just thinking, like oh, in yeah. the moment, you're just like, nope. I can pretty much tell you, I, I don't do this like once a month. Prove God, to myself, God, I don't I, like it. I don't like. I don't this. like. Okay. being on <laughs> the top or the bottom. Well, at least you tried both of them. Yeah, power bottom. Now you know. Yeah, <laughs> where all the power is generated. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> that was awesome. 
<laughs> well, since we said Power Bottom, that's the end of the show. Uh, we don't. We don't have any. Uh, we don't have any feedback to listen to this week, so uh, we're not going to do that. We stop doing that. No, leave us feedback on on the social medias, guys. Go to our website. Leave us a speak pipe. Speak pipe. No, I want everybody to do that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to yell. I'm going to like get drunk and yell at you. On speak pipe? Yeah, I'm going to yell at you about. That'll be great. Well, if I'll you want to do that, go to our website. www.com. Prime music is in there somewhere, and go to the part where it says speak pipe. And all you got to do is push a button, and it'll use the microphone on your phone, your app, your tablet. Us a voicemail message, and then if it's cool and you like it, and you don't say too mean of things, or if you say something super mean, we'll put you on the next episode. Oh yeah, say something really, really mean. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, no, seriously, please, please. But be, in, be, be interesting. Well, that's our job. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.